Holy Spirit, we ask that you would cause your truths to come alive in our hearts right now. We open our hearts and our lives to your word in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray this. Amen. Amen. Now, we are busy looking at changing the way you think. And would you please turn to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 and keep your finger there for a moment. Philippians 4 and verse 8, changing the way you think. Now, I hope some of you did the homework that we spoke of last week. Making the declaration over your day, thank you Lord, today is going to be a great day. All right. How many of you, uh, maybe at least once, did that during the week? Raise your hand please. Okay. Ten out of ten. Nice. You can get two biscuits during coffee time afterwards. Good for you. Now, how many of you think that maybe in the last seven days you just made a little bit of progress in terms of what you're allowing your mind to think on? Would any people raise their hands for that? Okay. Wonderful. By the way, uh, I attended part of the two days of Hope Conference uh, that was held over the weekend now, and it was at the Coca-Cola Dome, and on Friday night, Joel Osteen from the Lakewood Church was ministering at the Coca-Cola Dome, and it was tremendous. It was really, was anybody there? Just raise a hand if we had any people there. Okay, both the three of you, great. Um, so, you know, Joel Osteen has been very widely criticized for being just too positive, <laughs> too positive. And some people think, well, he doesn't really preach the Word of God because he just, he just emphasizes all the good things and so on. Interesting, uh, recently he was invited to go and speak in the, that massive Yankee Stadium in New York City. And at this occasion, a little bit before this, he was being interviewed by Oral Roberts and they were having a discussion together and somehow it came up that he's been accused of, of always speaking about the goodness of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord and so on. And uh, Oral Roberts made the following comment. He said, what a wonderful accusation to be accused of speaking about the goodness of the Lord your whole life long. Sure. And I really enjoy Joel's ministry. It's, it's very inspiring. And uh, he really does help us to encourage, to encourage ourselves in the Lord and to focus on the right things. And so I was inspired through what took place. And, and also I've watched with keenness the whole journey that took place in Lakewood. And, and uh, sometimes I've also wondered, Lord, why didn't you allow a similar thing in terms of our family's life? And God didn't allow that. But you know what? God must have a better plan. God must have something better in store. And I praise God for the new wineskin He has created in this local congregation. Can we give the Lord a hand for His goodness? And so I really believe that in these days, it's critical that we focus our minds in the right place because it's as though the world is getting tougher and tougher to live in. It's getting more and more busy, more and more pressurized, more and more demanding. 
and people are battling to cope with life. Bottom line, people are battling to cope. Maybe some of you can relate to that and, and how you've thought, stop the world and let me get off because this is just too tough. But you know what? By the grace of God and by the principles of the Word, you and I can be victorious. And that's not just some sort of a, a motivational stain. It's what God says for us, that we can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And God would actually want you and I, as the sons and daughters of God, to be examples of hope, to be examples of the life of God. There's a scripture which says that the world is subjected in hope. Or basically the, the context of that scripture is that the world has not got enough hope and God wants to raise us up, all right? He wants to raise us up to be people of hope or subjected in hopelessness, shall I say. Now, Philippians 4 verse 8, let's read verse 8 and verse 9 and allow it to sink in. We need to hear this verse over and over and over again. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, in other words, if you could find anything good, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I'm just thinking of how often in our families we look at the faults in each other. But meanwhile, there are glaring strengths. There are wonderful, positive characteristics. And uh, your kids might be facing one or two challenges in terms of sitting still. <laughs> you know, my dad used to say they've got 99 muscles to wriggle with and one to sit still with. You might be focusing on the fact that your, your kid is not doing this or should be doing that. And, but if you actually begin to look at all the wonderful characteristics that is in your son, in your daughter, in your spouse, in your husband, and you begin to amplify those things, I tell you what, it can change your family life. It can, carry, it can change your, your marriage life. And it says, verse 9, the things which you have learnt and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And here's the promise. And the peace of God will be with you. Philippians 4.8 is a recipe for God's peace in our lives. It's a recipe for the joy of the Lord in our lives. I don't know about you, but I can do with more of the joy of the Lord in my life. Now, that same uh, passage of Scripture in the Message Translation, let me read it to you. It says, summing it, all, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, beautiful, not ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Lovely way the message translation puts it. But the focus is, you'll do best by filling and meditating on things gracious, the best. Not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. And so, as I mentioned last week, Paul is encouraging us to seek out things, look for things, scan your life, scan your family, scan your situation for things that are good and things that are positive. Seek them out 
and choose to dwell on that. It has an ability of multiplying the goodness that you experience in your life. Now, just four aspects that I want to touch on this morning. Number one, we have a choice. Would you say that with me, please? We have a choice. You and I will always have a choice regarding what we can think about. Don't believe the lie that you're a victim of whatever is just thrown at you. No, you're not. You're in control of your mind. God has given you dominion over your mind, and you do have a choice. Now, it is difficult to choose the positive things. It's far easier. We have this natural propensity towards negativity. You know, I'm thinking in terms of the newspapers. It's not often that we find uplifting reading in the newspapers. It's not often. It's, um, it doesn't actually make for good news. I think that's what it... You know, if guys want to sell their newspapers, good news doesn't really sell their newspapers. It needs to be negative, and it needs to be dramatic. It needs to be perhaps sensational, and then lots of copies get sold. But isn't it interesting how society tends to focus on the negative? And by the way, I'm not against reading newspapers. I enjoy here and there getting the Pretoria news and with a cup of coffee, I read through it and I take note of what's going on. To me, we shouldn't have our heads stuck in the ground. Uh, I enjoy watching CNN and Sky News and all of that because I want to stay uh, current with what's happening in the world. I want to be aware of trends that are taking place. I think it's good for uh, a person leading the church to be aware of what's going on. And so there's nothing wrong with reading the papers but you just have to keep in mind that in what you're reading, in what you're digesting, you have to choose to not dwell on things that are negative. You have a choice, and you've got to choose to focus on the positive things. It's kind of like being an optimist instead of a pessimist. The glass is what? Half full. That's the way we should look at it. I was thinking with these guys that announced the weather. What if they said tomorrow we have a 70% chance of sunshine. Imagine saying 70% chance of sunshine. Now, that is the forecast for tomorrow, but that's looking at it differently. They would say it's a 30% chance of rain, but rain is also good. I think you know what I mean. Life isn't perfect. You will always have something you can complain about, but you will always have blessings that you can count. And the choice is where you will put your focus. Now, Paul understood that we would face this battle of this tendency towards negativity. Paul understood that in, that in the world, even that he was living in, there was a tendency to focus on things that were not uplifting. And that's why he wrote the scripture. He says, guys, finally, this is something I've got to leave you with. It's very important that you direct your minds and you direct your thoughts towards what is good. I heard a story about a lady who was driving down the street, and, uh, and next thing she looked up, and she was approaching a car coming right in front of her, and this person had come over the line. And what had ended up happening is there was an accident, and there was quite a severe side swiping of the car, and her whole uh, right-hand side of the car was bashed in. And she pulled over to the, next, uh, to the side of the road, and she jumped out of the car, and she said, Thank you, Lord. Now, why would you say, thank you, Lord, in a situation like that? I remember hearing the story years ago, and I thought, that's kind of odd. But you know what? She realized that it could have been far worse. 
It could have been a major, major thing that ended up her, her in ICU for a number of weeks or months. But it wasn't that bad. And so she chose to focus on, thank you, Lord, that you actually protected me and that I'm okay. I can jump out of the car and I can say thank you. Listen to this quote from Billy Graham. The happiness which brings enduring worth to life is not superficial happiness that is dependent on circumstances. It is the happiness and contentment that fills the soul in even the most difficult circumstances and environment. It is a kind of happiness that grins when things go wrong, that smiles through tears. The happiness for which our souls ache is one which will root deeply in us and give peace and contentment, no matter what the surface problems might be. Maybe a little key here in terms of making the right choice is asking yourself this question, what is working well in my life? Many times people say, well, everything's going wrong. It's just, it's just been a bad week. But if you look back on your week, you could probably list a couple of things that did go well. Maybe at, we, at work it did go well, even though you were terribly bogged down with the flu or things like that. Maybe you enjoyed listening to a CD in your car on the way to work. Maybe, actually, if you think about it, your marriage is actually in pretty good shape. And if you begin to say, well, what is working in my life? What is going well in my life? It can really change things for you. Whether you choose to count your blessings or you choose to complain, it's helpful to understand that you have a choice. Secondly, when we dwell on negatives, it's very important to know that we are in danger of limiting our potential. When we dwell on negative things, we are in danger of limiting our potential. Now, none of us wants to fail in life. Nobody wants to make a dismal failure and be a disaster in life. But it is very important that we look at our thoughts because this can either help us to become successful or it can really hinder us and weigh us down. Have you paid attention to conversations around about you? If you were to put it through the 4-8 filter, if I can put it that way, the Philippians 4-8 filter, you know, things that are true, good, praiseworthy, excellent, all these things, you'll notice that generally there's a lot of toxic conversations going around. And it's as though you and I have to junk-proof our minds. We first have to begin to realize, well, what am I thinking about? What are the quality of my thoughts like? And what am I hearing through people around about you. And sometimes you need to make a decision that I'm going to actually set up a virus protection here. I'm going to set up a firewall to protect my mind from some of these things. And I'm going to begin to seek out what is good. If you do not, you could hinder your own progress. Now, just a little story here. Is that um, when I was about 10 years old, my mom had a great idea for me to do one holiday. My mom decided she was sending me for drum lessons. And so at about the age of 10, I was sent for a drum workshop 
just of five drum lessons at the Methodist church down the road. And I remember riding on my BMX and all excited and going to do drum lessons. I didn't even have sticks. And, uh, but I was excited about what was going to take place. And I began to mess around on the drums there, learn a couple of beats, learn a couple of rolls. And it was, it was good fun. I loved it. You know, I thought, oh, this, this is something I can enjoy. And I think my, my folks had had mercy on me and had pity on me because I started with Tupperware and soup spoons. And so I would line up the Tupperwares from the small ones right down to the big ones, you know, those big sandwich buckets kind of thing. And I would play the music and put my headphones on and go, you know. It was fun for me. And so eventually now the lessons were now taking place and I was learning to play drums. And my dad managed to find some old beat-up drum kit with a name that we couldn't pronounce. And the, the, the vellums were broken, and the cymbals sounded like gongs. It was terrible, but it was our drum kit. And we set it up in our workshop downstairs, and somebody generously donated about a thousand egg boxes to stick on the wall. And so there we were with glue sticking our egg boxes on the wall because obviously we were giving the neighbors a bit of grief. But I can remember I had one or two people that were learning to play drums with me at the same time and, and one day we were playing in the little workshop, in the little drum room and I had a blue light and I had a red light. There was atmosphere. <laughs> and so I let the one guy play and he played a little bit, you know. And I let the other guy play and, and then I played and we all took turns and we were playing. And we were, but you know what? As I looked at the other guys playing, I saw something in myself of potential. But you see, before that, I, I had never dreamed that maybe I could actually play drums. I'd messed around a little bit and had some fun but my thinking had not been all that positive with regards to where this can go. But then I saw that these guys maybe did not have an ability. And I realized I actually had an ability. I was playing these beats far better than them, although they were older than me. I was doing these drum fills better than them. And I began to believe in myself. I began to see that there is potential here. And I began to really give myself to, to going for it on the drum kit. And praise the Lord. Through that, the Lord used me for a, a whole bunch of years in terms of our church worship team and other places as well in terms of playing drums. I didn't go into a professional thing, but I really have thoroughly enjoyed ministering to the Lord. And I've realized that it is a gift. But you know what? If I had had negative thinking regarding that, if I had said, oh, I'm not good enough, I can't do it. Oh, these guys are just much better than me. I've got no future. I could have just as well thrown my drumsticks away. But there was a day when I began to say, there's potential here. I can do this. God's given me a gift. And the moment you begin to think in line with your possibilities, if you begin to think in line with your potential, it begins to allow it to be cultivated. It begins to allow it to flourish. And I still love playing the drums. I don't get much time to it. And, and uh, I gave our, drum, our, our drummer lessons years ago. So, you know, at least it's paid off in some way. Now, when we dwell on negatives, we are in danger of limiting our potential. Conversely, when we dwell on, when we dwell on positives, when we dwell on our potential, we have a greater chance of reaching our destiny. 
Now, one of the things that we need to just address here is the aspect of self-defeating thoughts. This is something very important. Have you ever noticed that actually we can be very, very hard on ourselves? We can be our own best critics. And we can actually end up beating ourselves up. And you know what? The enemy probably loves that. Because although it's his job to destroy, if he can just plant some thoughts in our minds and let us beat ourselves up, then we're doing his job for him. (laughs) But it shouldn't be like that. We have to address self-defeating thoughts. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will tap you on the shoulder in these next days and weeks that lie ahead. When you think a thought that beats yourself up, that puts yourself down, that belittles yourself, I pray that the Holy Spirit will tap you on the shoulder and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is not in line with Philippians 4.8. Don't think that about yourself. Self-defeating thoughts can so severely limit your potential. And in this regard, we're sometimes our own worst enemy. Now, some people say, well, I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. Have you ever thought about that or had people say, I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. I just explain the situation the way it is. Well, as um, commendable as that might sound and as uh, interesting as that might sound, it's not in agreement with Philippians 4 verse 8. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, look for the things that are good and true and lovely. So we need to change our focus. Why? Because if we don't, it can severely affect or limit our potential. Number three, negative thoughts will generate depressing feelings. Good thoughts will increase your well-being. I like this. Negative thoughts will uh, generate depressing feelings. Good thoughts will increase your well-being. Now, I'd like to share with you a few thoughts. And uh, by the way, some of the thoughts that I'm sharing are out of an outstanding book by Tommy Newberry called The 4-8 Principle. I'd like to give you 40 junk thoughts. Is that okay? 40 junk thoughts. That's just the way it is. Will I ever be happy again? This probably won't work. We don't have money. We can't afford it. That always happens to me. The honeymoon is officially over. I don't have what it takes. If only. We used to show love to each other. Their marriage is better than ours. I'm just not creative. I'm not good with my hands. I've got five thumbs. I could never do that. My back is always going out. I have to accept my limitations. I keep on blowing it. That makes me sick. I'm not good at remembering names. In fact, I'm useless. My mind is like a sieve. I don't need this in my life. I can't. That's typical of me. Just my luck. They always get the breaks, but not me. It's never going to work out. If such and such happens, I'm going to be so mad. We hardly agree on anything. I'll probably never get out of debt. He's just better at it than me. I don't have the strength. That's my luck. I can't seem to save any money. We're growing apart. And finally, the one, no, not finally, the one the ladies love to use, I'm fat. 
My things are always breaking. My household appliances, my car is always breaking. It's never going to be like it used to be in the heyday. People misunderstand me. I'll just have to put up with this. I'm probably not pleasing God enough. It's hopeless. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm living proof of Murphy's Law. <laughs> now, don't you just feel wonderful after all of that, eh? Wow, aren't we, aren't we getting blessed this morning? Praise the Lord, this is wonderful. No, you know what? You probably don't feel so lacquer after that. You probably don't feel so good. And it's amazing that thinking those thoughts can bring about depressing feelings. But conversely, if we focus our mind on the right stuff, it presents an aspect of well-being within us. Can I give you 40 great thoughts? I can be ready for this. You know? <laughs> I expect the best, and it shows. I'm trusting God. My faith is strong. I am responsible. I take specific action to reach, to reach my goals. I receive God's best for my life in Jesus' name. I'm a new creature through Christ. My metabolism works fast and effectively. <laughs> I'm staying in shape even as I get older. I believe that God, think, God will work things out for good. I'll figure out how to earn it. I'm healthy and strong. I have lots of energy. I'm surrounding myself with winners. I'm experiencing abundant life. God has great plans for me. I'm grateful that my faith is steadfast. Everything I need, I already have in Christ. My brain works perfectly well. I'm good at remembering names. With God, my future keeps on getting brighter. I've got an excellent memory. I am flexible. I'm making progress. I can control my thoughts. I'm being transformed by renewing my mind. I pray for others. I get along well with others. People just like me. With Christ, I am unstoppable. I can improve this situation. God answers prayer. I learn scripture easily. I am joyful. I am ready for a breakthrough today. Day by day, my marriage is growing stronger. I am bold. I said bold. I am lovable. I am learning a lot through this experience. I work well with money. I am a child of the Most High God. I am surrendered to God. I trust in Him. I am blessed. Now, isn't that much better? Hey? Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. And you know what? I believe every one of those thoughts are in line with Philippians 4.8. None of those thoughts are actually exaggerating. They just put in the focus where it needs to be. And I believe that God is speaking to you. God is challenging us that we will begin to redirect our thoughts. Now, as a result of hearing those 40 good thoughts, you've got to admit, it actually made you feel a little bit better. It improved your emotional well-being. And it's amazing, in counseling with people, uh, I've had situations where I've counseled with people that have come in tremendously despondent, tremendously disheartened. And I might spend 40 minutes just chatting to them. And you know, by the end of that 40 minutes, they are feeling much better. Why? Because this mess that's going on in their mind, these negative thoughts are suddenly put on the back burner and somebody is speaking truth. Somebody is speaking life. Somebody is speaking hope. 
And as a result of that, they actually walk out feeling better. And many times I've tested this. And after talking to people in this situation, I say, you're probably feeling a lot better now. And you see a smile on their face. They can agree with you. Because as a result of generating the right thoughts, plugging right thoughts into their mind, they begin to feel better. Galatians 6 verse 7 to 9 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. The fact is that if you plant life-giving thoughts, listen, if you plant life-giving thoughts in your mind, you will receive a harvest of a healthy and blessed mind. Lastly, the fourth aspect I just want to touch on this morning is a few questions that produce positive answers. And I've just got four questions. If you are taking notes, you might want to just jot this down. You see, sometimes we don't quite know what to fix our minds on because the Scripture says, set your mind on things above. So people think, well, maybe I've got it in my mind. Picture the throne room. And I've got to picture the angels worshipping. And if I picture the throne room and the angels worshipping, then I'm going to be feeling better. Well, you can do that, but I, I don't know if, if that's really going to work. Wonderful if you get that right. But you're talking about setting your mind on things above is on the, the truth. The, uh, the other things, the upper things, the higher things, the more excellent things, the truth of the Word of God, the good things, the right things, the praise, praiseworthy things. These are the things that are above. Now, some questions that can help you. Ask yourself this question. What three things am I thankful for right now? Wouldn't you just take a moment and just maybe list three things? What three things am I thankful for right now? So you list the one, list the next one, list the following one. You'll begin to soar. Another question. What are three of my strengths or positive characteristics? Instead of defeating yourself, instead of allowing those self-defeating thoughts, speak up for the good things that God has planted in you. Maybe you might say, well, I'm really a good leader. I'm a positive person to be around. and People like being around me. Maybe you want to say something like, I'm tremendously good at sales. I'm just good at sales. I can sell anything. Another question you can ask is, who are the five people that love me the most at this point in my life? That's a beautiful one to meditate on. You begin to list this one, that one, the next one, the next one, the next one. You just begin to realize, I'm loved. I'm appreciated. And I tell you, every single person here can come up with five people that really love you. And if you only get to four, think harder. You'll come up with a fifth person. <laughs> another thing, another little question is, what three things am I looking forward to in this next week? Now, you might not be having such uh, dramatic things happening in the week but maybe you can look forward to that cup of coffee when you get to work. Simple as that. Maybe you can look forward to finishing those emails in your inbox and you can actually see that as a positive thing because it's going to help you to feel a little bit better once that work is done. 
Maybe you're looking forward to having tea with your wife on Saturday morning at the local place or a coffee shop. Maybe you're looking forward to scones and muffins. Maybe you're just looking forward to Sunday lunch after church or something like that. But I tell you what, folks, we can begin to look for these things and they can begin to help us to experience a new sense of well-being. So those are a few questions that produce positive answers. In conclusion, I'd like to say, be encouraged to realize that you can develop a healthy thought life. You can start afresh. Begin to believe that God wants His best for you. In closing, whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, or anything praiseworthy, if you find any of these things, set your mind on them. Focus your mind on them. And I tell you what, you'll begin to notice a difference in your life. Are you blessed by receiving this message today? Trust her. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we just once again say that we need your help in this area. Lord, forgive us for allowing negative thoughts to bombard our minds. But we're making a decision at this point in our lives to begin to seek out and dwell on those things which are honorable. And we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you. We speak victory over the minds of everybody here and we declare, thank you, Lord. Today is a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, everybody. We invite you for a cup of tea.